Wonderful, wonderful. You may have your seats for a moment. <clears throat> Just have a couple of announcements we want to make briefly, and then we'll, we'll go on with the service. Brother Chris and Sister Gabby Jordan have another baby. They have a baby boy, Asher Elijah. You know, the one thing about they, they give, you know, part of the um, announcement is in English imperial, pounds and ounces. The other part is in metric. And I realize that you can get things mixed up pretty quick. When I announced a baby one time that was 7.2 kilograms, and somebody, <laughs> somebody who had European background was horrified. <laughs> so, but 7 pounds, 10 ounces, 50.8 centimeters. So you have to think both ways here. So God bless Brother Chris, Sister Gabby. We're happy for you. And uh, amen. <laughs> Along with new birth, there's slow decline in age. So Brother Dan Whitmire, God bless you on your birthday. <laughs> amen. This last week, my wife also had a significant birthday. And at this point, our average age is 56 in the family. So, at any rate, that's, that's, uh, she, she brings down the average, I bring it up. But at uh, any rate, we're, we're grateful for that. Just a little bit of a schedule upcoming here on Wednesday. This Wednesday, Lord willing, on Tuesday, I'd be going up for the memorial for Sister Helen Bablitz. There's a number of different ones that'll be coming uh, to that. We want to remember that. Um, and then as a result of that, the, the Bablitzes were quite involved in missionary work, and there was a couple of brothers that were always very close. Brother Tim Ashong was one that was close. Brother Simon Peter was one that was close. Brother Tim had gone through some health issues in the last little while, and the Lord's bringing him through. He won't be able to be there, but Brother Simon Peter will be coming up for that as well. And then on his way back, he will be coming through Edmonton, so... The Lord willing, we'll have Brother Simon Peter ministering for us next Sunday morning. And he was a real blessing to us back in the fall when he was here. So as a result of that, he'll be coming. A couple of weeks from now, on Friday, February 10th, Saturday, February 11th, February 12th, we had scheduled some meetings. Um, Brother Wendell Martin will be coming to minister for us. And uh, Brother Wendell is a blessing. And he is a, he is a one of a kind He'll fit right in with us here, and we'll fit right in with him. And he sings, he ministers, and he preaches the word of God, and I just, I'm just looking forward. I want you to be praying that God would stir our hearts, that God would move us, he would go us into higher realms. So, so that's on those dates. So the Lord willing, we'll do it Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, one service. And if you can plan for that, we'll do a Friday night, a Saturday night, and a Sunday morning. Um, also, if you can remember, there, February 1st is Wednesday. Um, on the Tithely app, if you have had a change of address, if you can make a note of that on the Tithely app, that is so we can get the donations back to you, the, the donation slips, but if you could do that by Wednesday. Also, I just wanted to make mention, it was about a year ago that uh, the officers, um, the church, and along with Brother Harold at that time, we had made a decision to uh, upholster the pews. The timing became difficult with, with some of the scheduling, 
Well, we're picking that up here, and the Lord willing, in the next month to month and a half, we'll be doing that. So the initial thought was to take the pews that we have, reupholster them, and um, we ran into a few issues relative to structure, construction, coordination. So we'll be retaining parts of it, the Lord willing, and then doing an upgrade to, to them and doing a new build in, in a good part of it. That'll help us a lot with timing. That'll help us a lot with installation. But the Lord willing, we'll have upholstered pews. And um, I don't know many, if many of you know it, but we moved into this church building 30 years ago come this February. So this is our 30th anniversary in this building. I, doubt, I don't think the pews were new at that time when we moved in, but we've used them for 30 years, and we've had good use out of them, so we'd like to do a little upgrade. So I want to just thank the brothers, the trustees that are working on this, Brother Ray Adrian in particular. Um, we'll be doing that. The, along with doing it that way, I just want to let us know our, our costs have gone up a little bit, but the long-term benefit will be better for us. So we're uh, about 24% higher than what we'd hoped for, but everything seems to be going that way. I think in the end, it'll be better for us as a church and in the long term. So that's for those of you who had wondered, that wasn't forgotten, just had some challenges going through it. But the Lord willing, we'll move ahead with that. And as I say that, I'd like, like to also make mention, this is the house of God, and this is a sanctuary and I believe we need to have an onus to watch over it, to maintain it, to take care of it. We're going to have cloth on, on, on our pews. We've, we've tried to make that as friendly as possible for cleaning. But in doing that, we also need to exercise good judgment. And that is watching what we do when we're there. And in particular, it's been noted that in the last little while, there's just been more debris and paper and pens and even crayons in, in some of the areas, I would like to ask you as parents if you can watch over that and you can maintain that as not just your own but God's property. And let's, let's do that. Let's respect it and let's, let's take care of it. Does that sound fine? Okay, so if you can do that and maybe, maybe things just slip under the radar here and there, but let's respect this, and I want to do that especially now as we move into this, but even before we do that. So if you can remember that, we'd appreciate that. Okay, I think we have covered most of our announcements. Let's stand together. Um, Brother Ray, let's sing this morning, Wonderful, Merciful Father, You Are the One. Before I do that, I just want to make mention. It's already been mentioned about Brother Joel Nunweiler, my wife also has um, had some improvement, and uh, she's actually standing and walking. And so I thank you all for your prayers. It's just been a challenge the last two weeks. I haven't been able maybe to answer a couple of things. I've been quite busy. But uh, Lord, Lord willing, we're seeing that there's an end goal, and we're believing to that end goal. So we, we have a wonderful, merciful Savior, and we are going to, to work with that. Let's sing this. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? Oh, 
you to the musicians. I'll invite you to go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. As I was preparing for service this morning, there's, there's certainly much more, but I really ask the Lord. There's so many thoughts and directions. My heart feels like it's going today. But I said, Lord, you break the word down. You take every one of us into your hands. You take every need that is represented here. And Lord, you take the speaker, you take the hearer, you take this entire service. You know what we need. And uh, we just want to just go right to this now. Isaiah 43, verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth, even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. And the people all said, Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come and we've read this word. Lord, we know that your word was settled in heaven. Lord, it was in your mind all the time, and you've expressed it. You've let it out through the ages, and here we are standing at the end of the ages, the end of time, at the junction of eternity about to set in. And Lord, here we are, and Father, as you've given your word, and we are privileged to stand in this hour now, Lord, we ask, break the word. I ask your spirit and your anointing would be upon us. Lord, take us beyond that of our own thinking, of our own ability, of our own mind. Lord, expand beyond even what we would have thought, for you are God. I pray you'd go to every situation, every need, every home. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would not let one word fall to the ground. I pray, O oh Father, your anointing, the determination of God would be upon us and would rest in our hearts. Grant it this morning. Bless this service. We commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may have your seats. We also want to welcome Sister Elaine. God bless you. Nice to have you. She was overseas in Zimbabwe, and she's back for a little while anyway. We're happy to have you here. Thank you for the letting us know. I'll also ask you to go to Isaiah 61, Isaiah 61, verse 1, and this is the portion, we read the portion out of Isaiah 43, 
And every word of God is anointed. It's a seed. Uh, there is a time of a speaking. There is a time that it becomes anointed. And there's a time it must be fulfilled. And I believe God is watching over that. So Isaiah 61, verse 1, we know this, Isaiah wrote this, but Jesus picked this up when he was on earth. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Now I want you to think about what we had, we have uh, 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 6,000 years that, that God built up to an Eden, and in the middle of that seventh year, the rest that God was going, Satan interrupted it. And God allowed another 6,000 years, but we're coming to a millennium where God, where the earth will have its rest. And it will be with everyone that God intended from the beginning to be a part of that. So now in the middle of all of this, 4,000 years, but now Jesus is going to come and he is going to start to exercise a dominion on the part of the earth that was always ordained. So this is the part that Jesus begins to pick up. And in verse 2 it says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now he stops reading in Luke chapter 4. If you read that, he stops reading right there. And it was maybe astounding in the time that he lived in, but it was exactly God dividing the word and now leaving a portion that, that he would still pick up. And this is the portion he would pick up. And we read on, And the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn, to appoint them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Verse 4, And they shall build... The old waste, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. Now, if you just think about this, and you think about these words, the acceptable year of the Lord, and then the day of vengeance of our God, we are living in a time when the judgments of God are coming on the earth right now. We see a darkness like we've never seen before. And I'll say the darkness is not limited to out there, but it comes right into churches. It can come into our midst. It can cloud our thinking. It can pervade our minds. It's Satan. It's that smoke that is arising from a bottomless pit. It is over the whole earth. It is a fog that is coming on the earth. But the Bible would say, even though there'd be gross darkness, thy light 
has come. And I believe we're not living in darkness this morning. And if you've got the spirit of the living God in you, and you're feeding on this message, you will say it is more than life to you this morning. It is not just a word. It is not just a church attendance. It is our very life. It is our existence. It is who we are. It is our identification in this hour. And we are taking the portion that God has allotted for the hour we're in. Now I'm going to jump over to Isaiah 63, and I'll read one more verse. Isaiah 63, and it would say in verse 4, For the day of vengeance is in my heart, and the year of my redeemed is come. Now I want to speak this morning on exercising redemption claims. And, and I, we, we started on Wednesday speaking on redemption claims, and we took an aspect of that out of, out of the, the Bible, and it was, uh, it was precious in the sense of how that's all laying there and how God in this season opens it up. This is not the thinking of man. This is not a man studying and doing it, but this is the opening of the word. This is God revealing secrets that have always been there. It never entered our hearts, but God is bringing it to us. We're not under the mind of man. We're under the mind of God. The mind of Christ is what this message is. So it's not just something that we can take and we can study and we can use, but it is something Something greater than that. Now, I, I, I will just want to, I'm going to try and break this into just some specifics and just be brief with them. I want us to just maybe gain a little bit of an appreciation where we are in the plan of God, the plan of redemption. If we would take the aspect of God just as a creator, and we would look at his creation, the Garden of Eden. Really, in Genesis 1, there was millions of years. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters, and it began to brood, and, and it was God doing that lovingly, tenderly, bringing to life what he had in his mind, and the earth was always one of those attributes. And yet, beyond that, then he would initiate uh, a, a period of 6,000 years of creation, and then if we would say it was the introduction of time, and it was coming to a seventh 1,000-year span, only to have it be broken, only to have it, it, what would look like a defeat for God. And, and it would be a defeat if you would examine it strictly on the view of creation and, and all that God had built up to. And it would look like to the enemy that he finally got God. The enemy who had been up there in heaven with him. The enemy who desired to be like God. The enemy that God even allowed to be there at his right hand. That enemy had came to earth and he came right to where God's son was on earth. The God of that earth and he allowed that enemy to come and it looked like it was a defeat. But God's purpose is never defeated. God will never be defeated though it looks like it. No, it looks like it in your life, in my life. I'll say this, the latter end of what God has for us is better than the former. The, that which he called you, which was glorious at the beginning of your call. If you came out from sin, if you began to recognize he redeemed me, he thought of me, that was 
glorious, but I'll say the latter end is even better than that. And God will see to it and bring us to that. So Satan must have thought that this is, this is certainly, I've got one over and I've got this. But really, it began to be another aspect of God that would come out of him. And that was that of a redeemer. That was that of a savior. That was of the plan of redemption. That was something so marvelous that the angels couldn't even understand it. The angels who always were perfect, who could never fall the way humanity could fall. And, and God began to exercise uh, the, the greatest part of himself that was hidden. And he, and he always had this purpose inside of him, but he began to allow it to come. Now, I, I, I can't begin to bring the whole picture, but if, if you could think, this earth has gone through 6,000 years of history. And this earth has come. It's come through an Enoch. It's come through an Ad, uh, come from Adam all the way down to Enoch or to Noah. It came through a flood. It came through a washing. It came when now where Abraham came out. It came the beginning of Israel, the people that are a nation that are still on earth today. And they got interrupted in the middle of it just so the Gentiles could be brought into play. And God always had this in his mind. And he always began to think of redemption and a greater picture. And as I said on Wednesday, uh, it was not always just with Israel, but Zion, which was representative of the bride. So he began to, to bring these things forward. And it was the greatest part of, of who he was and, and yet not even seen. I'm going to read something here from the... Church age, the Ephesian church age, it would seem like what was a defeat, in, and I'm not going to read all of this, but it was part of God's eternal and predestinated purpose to share eternal life with man. Oh, I, I mean, that's, that's marvelous. And he says, this was his part of his predestinated purpose. This plan was to be to the praise of the glory of his grace. It was a plan of redemption. It was a plan of salvation. Now he says, listen closely. God being a savior, it was necessary that he predestinate a man who would require salvation in order to give himself reason and purpose of being. He lives for his own. He breathes for his own. The minute you kneel in prayer, he is ready to hear your prayer. The minute you, 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 you have a need or you need wisdom or direction, he's desiring to fulfill that. And, and we want to be open and we want that channel to be open. But it was God who was giving himself reason and purpose of being. And even though it looked like Satan had injected himself, God... His purpose will never be defeated. Uh, I'll read one more here. The faith of Abraham. The material that God, when he was in the earth, he made my body there. He made yours there. Where did it come from? We don't know. But then he sent the Holy Spirit to brood over the earth. Then man sinned and the earth fell. But he says, but God is still using his material. And he will raise it up again at the last day. God cannot be defeated. His purpose is perfect, just as certain as you're born again. 
And I, I will just say, this is a cycle that you can look at in every part of, of a walk of God. And you could, you could look at Abraham as a type, and really that is what we are identified in. Abraham, he came and, and God called him at the age of 75, Sarah at 65. And it looked like when the promise came, it was so full, it was so full of hope. And, and, and he says, you, you, you've never had children, but you're going to have a child. And, and out of that child will come a great nation and a seed lineage that I'll watch over and I'll take care of. And oh, how it must have warmed Abraham's heart when he started out. How the message warmed our hearts when we first started out. And oh, this is the greatest thing to hit the earth. And, and we would go out and we'd think, I, I, I was a child when I, I came in. And I remember going to camp meetings in Saskatchewan, hearing the believers sing. And even though I wasn't born again, the anointing was tremendous. The, 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 the believers and, and the atmosphere, and it was all one, and it was harmonious, and it was tremendous. Little did we think that it would be almost another 40 years down the road, another 50 years down the road for some. But, but we, we, we didn't understand that. We didn't know it. Neither did Abraham know that it would be so many years and there'd be so many disappointments. Naturally speaking, he never thought that he would, he would watch, watch the promise not even seemingly come closer, but they'd get older. And seemingly he would see they would be out in a desert. They would be out among strange people. They would be in times of famine. They would be in times of need. They'd be in times of persecution. There, there would, would be mocking. There would be all of these things. But yet, on the outward, though, it was that inside something burned. Something that was always there. I knew who I believed. I, I know the one that called me. And he called me with a purpose in mind. He called me with an end goal in mind. And we represent something God has always had in his mind. Something he deposited in part in Ephesians. Something he put in part through all the ages. He dropped something in. But now at the end of all these ages, he has dropped in something. And we are carrying not just the part for us, but the part that was already deposited in the Ephesian. In all these ages, it's been brought forward. And they without us cannot be made perfect. There's an expectation that they're waiting on us who are here. We which are alive and remain. Friends, if we could look on the other side, Brother Harold would be cheering us on right now. Sister Helen Bablitz would be cheering us on right now. My grandmother would be cheering us on right now. If we could see that right now, Sister Kesser would be cheering us on all right now. Oh, I, I just feel sometimes our eyes cannot see the glory that is right in front of us and how Satan is fighting at every hand to block it from us. But I'll say it's real, friends. It's there for us. And I say don't lose hope. Don't lose your expectation. I'll say right now, run like you've never run. I was praying this morning. I'm thinking of all the ministers across the land. And I'm thinking of them this morning. And I said, Lord, anoint Brother Donnie. Anoint Brother Tim. Anoint Brother Josh Bennett. Anoint Brother John Andes. Anoint these brothers. Anoint them to preach the gospel. 
By the way, Brother Moses is preaching for Brother Zig this morning. Anoint Brother Moses this morning. Anoint us to hear it this morning. Let us catch where we're at in time. Let us not grow dim, grow weary. That's the devil. I'll say that's just the blanket of Laodicea that's trying to settle on us. Friends, I'm not here to speak emotion this morning. I'm not here to work you up. I'm here to stir up what is actually really inside of you. His purpose will never be defeated. Somebody says, well, if he's so great, why did he let sin happen? What is greater, a sinner or a savior? What is greater, the sickness or the healer? What was first? Why the healer, of course. Why did he permit it? So it give him reason and purpose of being. Why did I come into so much trouble in my life, Brother Ed? So that you could draw close to him. That you might know him. That when you get to the other side, your life is so interwoven with him. It was the same God when he came down into hell and, 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 or he came down into paradise and, and all the saints that were there, Ezekiel said, that's him. That's the wheel in the middle of the wheel. It was, it was Abraham and said, that's the one that met me under the tree that day. And it was every one of them. Daniel would say, they, you know, they, they, the Hebrew children now, they would say, that's the one who was in the fire with us. Friends, when we get over this side, I shall know him. Why? He was with me when I was sick. He was with me. He raised me up from cancer. He, he brought me out of the miry clay. When there was issues and troubles and the devil, he was there. If you can see it, he is still here today. And no matter where we're at, no matter where your situation's at this morning, where your family's at, where sickness may be at, where whatever it may be, I'll say this, he's greater than all of those things. There is a man that can turn on the light this morning. He is still God today. As Brother Aaron say, there's nothing out of cater. So the Lord... He permits these things to be able to work out his glory in them. Now, I, I, I'll come to this, but the expression of this over time. But I want to bring just into mind for a moment the laws of God. The immutability of God. He is unchanging over time. Brother Mark, can I get you to go to Hebrews chapter 6? Just get me there. I'll come to it in a minute. He is unchanging. That's immutable. He is unable to be changed. He cannot lie. He cannot change. If he had a desire for you at one time, while you had nothing to merit it, his thought and his desire for you has not changed. He is not going to, because he knew our end, he knew the mistakes you would make, he knew the grief you would go through even before he called you. He knew all of these things, and he still called you. 
He knew the mistakes, the stumblings that you would come into. He knew the challenges. But he still called us. He said, I am God and I change not. He is unchanging in his character, in his will, and in his promises as relates to the covenant that he made with Abraham. He has all wisdom. He knows right now what the solution is, whatever you have need of. He has all power. He has all holiness. He has all justice. He has all goodness. And his truth is infinite. Hebrews chapter 6. Just turn to verse 13, if you will. Hebrews 6, verse 13. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. So, now can you imagine God taking an oath? Now, if, and I think Brother Simon brought this when he was here in December. You can make an oath, and the oath is good as long as you're living. And the oath is, is good because, but when you die, the oath doesn't have the same power anymore. So God not only made an oath, but he swore by himself, and, and, and there's no greater higher than he could swear by. But before he left, he left us his last will and testament. And there was a power that became enacted when he died, and that power was released to a beneficiary. And we are the beneficiaries. Because of his death, I must go in the ground so that they can have life. I will pay their penalty for them so that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Friends, I'll say this this morning. They, it, it changes, and, and I, I may not get to it fully, but it changes now from the one who was the testator. That's the one who made his last will. The emphasis changes from him. You might say, well, I know Jesus. And, you know, no, now it changes to the testament. What did he leave? What did he say? What did he express? What are his thoughts to me? What are his thoughts to my family? What are his thoughts regarding sickness? Those thoughts have been expressed. They're in the word of God. And they're real and they're alive. And I say this, friends, even in the message we believe that we hold so dear. It's not so much about, well, I, I, you know, I was with Brother Branham or I knew somebody who was with him. That's very nice. And we thank God for all those things. But it's gone from who Brother Branham was as a man to what God anointed him to speak and leave for us. And God so much with such clarity, he would say in Revelations 10, 7, in the days of, now just listen to it closely, in the days of the seventh angel, no, in the days of the voice of the seventh angel. And that voice has been recorded. And that voice can never be taken back. That voice has life in it. That voice is still resonating today. And it is not just the voice that was under the old covenant. But this is the voice of the new covenant. This is the blood covenant that was written for you and for me. He wrote my name in blood. Say your own name. He wrote Ed Hammer, my 
Meister in blood. He wrote Ed Semenuk in his blood. He wrote Ed Schmitke in his blood. He wrote David Kesser in his blood. He wrote your name, friends. It is written in his blood. Oh, are you with me today? Friends, it is more real than we know it is. Now, Hebrews 6, we read verse 13, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God, willing more abundantly, now listen, not just to Abraham, but to the heirs of promise. When you're an heir, you've got something coming to you. And it's a promise that, that came through a generation before, but it was always intended for you. God knew you'd be here. He knew the families that would be here. Just talking fellowshipping a little the other night. We're just talking. You know, we've, we've come through a lot of challenges in the message of the hour. We've gone through some hurts and some bruising and some scarring. God's not intended to leave us there. And, and you, you dwell in that realm. You are doing a disservice to the generation coming behind you. You, you do that and it will affect your wife, your children, you allow those things to carry forward. I say this, let the candle burn bright this morning. Let the word of promise resonate in your actions, in your deeds, in what you express. Appreciate the prayer this morning, Brother Ben. We're here, friends, we're not here just hanging on to something in the past. We are the past made present. We are the promise. We are the fulfillment of the promise. I say this to every young person here. Don't you be second class. You're not second class to your parents, to anybody. You are, if you're bought with God, you have just as much right. You're equal to everybody. Do not allow any inferiority to settle in. We are born to be more than conquerors. So he wanted to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, and he confirmed it by an oath. Now, as we took it on Wednesday, if God would take a king named Saul that had so fallen, and had gone into such levels and died, you would say almost in disgrace, but yet he was not lost. And in fact, his place in his inheritance couldn't be lost. And so even after he died and was buried in the wrong place, God orchestrated a series of events, and he used all of these things to bring back that man to his place, bring Saul back to his rightful tribe in Benjamin, so that David now could assume his kingship over all of Israel in Jerusalem. Look, look at how exact God is. I, I say this, he's the same God today. I, I say he is watching over his word. I don't become dull. It is sharp. It is a two-edged sword. Very, very sharp. Now, as we just finish this, 
Verse 18, that by two immutable things it's impossible for God to lie, that we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of which hope we have set before us. I won't read verses 19, 20. It'll be a different thought we get into. But if we take all of those things, now I, I just want to, for a moment, Brother Bannon would, would say this. God does not change. God cannot grow in wisdom. The first words he said must be the last words also. You and I in our human race, each generation gets a little wiser than the previous generation because it's taught in the Word of God that we should be weaker and wiser. Men do not live as long as they have once lived in their span of life. You know, I kind of I marveled at this a little bit when I, I thought of it, and I thought of how God would take, take man and he would give him, in the very beginning, eternal life. That was the epitome. But then man fell, and he said, man will not live more than a day, which is a thousand years. And, and so, but in the beginning, it was the intent to give eternal life. Then it was a thousand, and the longest living was Methuselah, and he, he never hit that. So it was a curse that was on that. And then there was, after that, when the sons of God saw the daughters of men in Genesis chapter 6, and they began to mingle, and it says, then their lifespan was cut even shorter. It went down to 120 years. And then even after that, it, it reduced down to 70 years. So that's our allotted time on earth. And God gave that, but God is not going to keep us at 70 years. And I think we need to begin looking and exercising and saying, well, I, I'll, I'll take anti-aging medicine. I'll check every website about how to eat right, live right, and I know I'll live at least 90, or I'll hit 100, and I'll do... No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something that's going to lift us out of that cycle. Right, Brother Max? Out of the cycle, back into eternal life. I'll say everyone that goes in the grave, they are not dead any longer, but they're starting to pass on back into the right cycle. Now their, their spirit being goes to be with God. One day at the call of the resurrection, they'll pick up their body and it'll become a glorified body and that'll be the onset of eternal life. And I'll say even more so, there will also be a generation that will be on earth at that time that will actually beat every anti-aging site. And I think there's 430,000 on Google if you look for them. One of the most sought-after sites there is. Everyone, and I'll say, there's a generation that's going to beat the wisdom that they have. And it's going to be because God has said, I'm going to let man come out of that. And in fact, he's going to give a thousand year reign where he's going to break the curse that was there originally and will be lifted into that cycle. Can you understand? Can you see that this morning? Friends, it is not a far off dream. I'm looking for it in our generation. I'm looking for a change. Yeah, well, if you get older, you'll look for it too. Tell you what, it doesn't take too long and a few aches and a few pains and, and, you know, you're just not as slim and trim as you used to be. All of these things, I'll tell you what, I'm looking for it. Ah, oh, Brother Ed, you got lots of reason to look for it. So what? <laughs> Mock me now. But I'll, I'll be there just as much as anyone. 
I'll race any one of these young people down the streets of glory. You'll see. We'll, we'll be there. <laughs> so, now, Satan hates the book of Revelation. He knows Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He knows a lot more than 90% of theologians. He knows since God is immutable in his nature, that means he can't change. He is immutable in his ways. And Satan knows that the original church at Pentecost with the power of God, Mark 16 in action, is the true church that Jesus claims as his own. So you know what he does? He will attack that. He will try to make you He'll not make the church lukewarm. He'll make us all lukewarm, formal, and powerless. He'll get us just to reduce back to carnal thinking. But friends, I I just say we need to focus in on that and let God anoint the word to us. We are not living in the Ephesian age. The Ephesian age, they went, they were aimed at something, they were looking at something, but they never came to it. That actually had to go in the ground. That had to die. And out of that, God was going to resurrect a church. And at the end, he was going to bring to pass all he purposed in the beginning. Now, I really like how Brother John ministered here last Sunday. And he he took us in in the anointing. And and I I just was blessed by it. And and as I was there and, and, and had a little time in the next days, just began to look at that. And I, I really, a couple of things just came to me that, that were, were a blessing. And I just want to share a couple of these things here. Now, if I can, let's just look at this. One of them here, it was in, in the message. Um, now I'm trying to find it. So it's in, in the message. And in here, he, Brother Bannon would say, this world is falling apart. Now the church cannot run without the power of God through the Word. Okay? Now, the Holy Ghost will only confirm the Word of God for what it is to do. The anointing is to confirm the Word. Now, I I need to take this just on one more level here, and I'm going to just share a quote because we, we think Jesus came and He could just do whatever He wanted to do. But Jesus took his place in the Word. He, he believed what the Word had written about him. And when he believed that, he began to operate in that level. Now, listen, listen to this. This is in a message called Faith in 1956. Jesus came not to show his authority. Not to say, uh, here I am. Here I am, I can heal the sick to show my authority. No, he healed the sick to fulfill the word of God, the promise of God. Now the spirit always comes to the word. And so the anointing that's on this last age, friends, is not an anointing to start out, but it's an anointing to fulfill. It is an anointing, and I say this, we got to stay in under that anointing that we don't get dull in our senses, that we don't get dull in our hearing, that we don't stop short of our promise, and our promise is not just rapture, but our promise is the full adoption. Our promise is to get back to all that Adam lost. So I'm not content to stay where I am. And, 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 I, and, and, as, and as he would say this, 
in, 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 in this particular portion of word, he says now, he healed the sick to fulfill the word of God. God's not healing the sick and showing signs and wonders here to show his for authority. He's doing it because he promised to do it. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to, to bring this thought. I've got half an hour, so just stay with me. I, I, I need to bring this, and I really have a few different directions I can go from here, and I just need the grace of God. So you just help me and pull with me that, that God leads me in the right direction. Now, God had attributes. The attributes were not just uh, His own attributes of creator, savior, healer, comforter, but His attributes were actually in His body. Was in, within His body were attributes that He thought was Him and His children, the children after me. So He thought of you. He thought of me. We were inherent as a part of Him. And when we came, came forth, though we were in sin, He could not deny us. He, he, he says, now I'm going to have to go out there for them. Now, in, in the Old Testament, under the laws of redemption, and we read this in Leviticus 25, we won't go there this morning, but it says, you shall grant in your, in your land a right of redemption for the land. And he actually goes a little further, and he says, you know, if a brother, see another brother wax fallen, he says, that brother has a right to exercise redemption. So in, in the message, what is the Holy Ghost given for? Brother Ram says, the church will do the greater works. What is the greater works? It says they will be able to impart eternal life to someone else. Now, that's not in me. It's not in you. But we are carriers of God in this last day. The seed comes through the body. When, when, when Philip... Uh, uh, was one of the disciples and there was a big revival and he was caught away by the Spirit of God and he met an Ethiopian eunuch and the Ethiopian eunuch was reading Scripture and the Scripture he was saying uh, was, was the fulfillment of prophecy, Isaiah 53. He was reading it, but he didn't understand. And, and he, asked, he asked Philip, who does the prophet speak of? Is this someone? And Philip, who was a witness of it, he was able to bring illumination onto that, and it became eternal life. And, and so much so that something stirred within that man. And he said, oh, there's much water here. What hinders me from being baptized? Friends, that same spirit is still here. It's in you. It's in me. It's in the body. And it can bring forth life. Now how important is it to have a right attitude? How important is it to keep your spirit clean? How important is it that when you come across somebody, you can say the right word that can change a course? Now, we need to start exercising redemption claims. We need to start exercising that when it comes across our path. Hey, I'll, I'll meet you for coffee, not just to talk about the donuts and what the ingredients are in it and the coffee and, and just the things of life. But sometimes, I'll tell you what, it's a lot more than coffee. It's another realm that you go into. Sorry I couldn't make it for breakfast the other day, Brother Len. My wife was in the hospital and I couldn't, couldn't do it, but I'm coming. And, 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 and we're going to all not just have breakfast, we're going to go up a little higher. And not everything has to be spiritual, spiritual, but it's, I think we, we are, we're living in a place where the rest of the world is not. What do they do when they get together for coffee? They talk about Netflix. They talk about YouTube. They talk about social media. They, they talk about, and I'll tell you what, those things are not coming with us. Don't get too attached with them. In fact, if you're in some of those things, you better just, you better just stop right now and say, Lord, these things are bogging me down. 
right? It's, 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 like, it's, like a, it's like a plane when a plane is taking off. And when that plane is taking off and, 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 and it takes off, it's, it, it may have to dump some cargo. And, and if, if you're starting to bring cargo in, you're not going to take off. So and I say this, let's dump out what, what's, what we need to get rid of here. Now, so I, if, if we, God had attributes, we are a part of those attributes. Now, I, I need to, oh my. Let, let me take it this way. So, under the laws of the land, a kinsman redeemer could come. Now, there was a time frame where it was seven years. You had six years, but the seventh year was a year of rest. So you could operate by the time frame. Okay, it was called the year of release. Okay? Then seven times seven was going to be a jubilee. It was going to be the great equalization of everything. So everything would be equalized. And that would be where you could come. But anywhere in that time span, a kinsman redeemer who had the means, the opportunity, and was willing to, he could redeem you out of that cycle and bring you back. So here the earth was in a 6,000 year cycle of Satan's Eden, but Jesus comes in the middle of that after 4,000 years. He comes in the middle of it, let's just say it that way, and he comes and he now begins to exercise his rights before the sacrifice was ever made. Now why? How could he do it? Because there was no blame against him. He was, he was not sinless. He wasn't under the curse. He accepted the curse. He, wouldn't, he had the perfect anti-aging if he should choose to live alone. But he chose to include you and I. And as he took our part, now think about this. He would have been a man who was 30, but he looked like he was 50. How did that happen? Because he began to take his place. I'm come to redeem them that are lost. I'm going to head towards death. I'm going to push myself towards that. So that in a certain season, we could come back out of aging, back to life again. Now, so he comes. Now, just, just take a couple of scriptures with me. Go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 4. Now, I want you to think about this. The devil had seen prophets. He had seen Abraham. He had had Abraham lie. He had seen Moses fail, and his temper got the best of him. He saw all the different ones that had come through the ages. But here comes another one. And, 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 and Satan may have had an opportunity all along to, to get every one of them. And so, you know, the, the devil doesn't know the fulfillment of prophecy. He, he's guessing. And so he didn't know that this was the Christ. Now, he did everything he could to enshroud his life in that. You know, his birth at Nazareth is all of these things. But now, here it's Matthew chapter 4. Let's just pick this up in verse 17. Now, he is, he is speaking here the sermon, sermon on the mount. Sorry, my Matthew 4. Sorry, here I'm in the wrong one. Matthew 4, verse 17. So, here he, he had come... He had come, he was tempted by the, the devil, and when the temptations were over, he began to leave Nazareth, walk in a certain way. Verse 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, 
realistically the sacrifice had not been paid, but he began to exercise and move in the realm that, that he was going to be entitled to. Now, I want you to think about the, the promise in the Old Testament. There was a promise of a wave sheaf that was held up and waved before the people. It was the first one to come to maturity. It was a promise that there would be more. So now, the same as it was in this last day, there was a life that was held up with a promise of maturity waved over the people. Now I ask you, what was waved over us? It wasn't just Brother Branham. It was the same Jesus. This same life was waved over us again. And what was held back, now I'll, I'll, I'll back up. I'll come slowly. Let's just read this. So Matthew 4 verse 17, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So something began to be enacted on the earth. And it began to, there was a certain group on the earth at that time, and let's call it Peter and Andrew, and they were fishermen, and they may have heard the stories, Brother Adam tells this, that, that the Messiah will come one day, and they'd heard these stories told by their father out on the fishing boats, and, and, and here now all of a sudden, all of a sudden this one crosses their path, and he says, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And the stories they heard at that moment became life. Now, is that any different than you or I? When somebody walked past our way and mentioned something and something caught us and pulled us, that's the same Christ. He is the Word made real in every age. So he, they began to do this. Now, Matthew 16. Matthew 16, just jumping to a couple of scriptures quickly. Matthew 16, we'll read this. I was going to, I've got marked verse 21, but we will... Read verse 17. Now, Jesus even is beginning to impart something to his disciples. By what authority? You know, the, the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders say, by what authority do you do these things? They didn't know where it comes from, but his authority came from heaven. And they may ask you the same thing. What right do you have to go in and pray? What right do you have to do this? Because God gave us this authority. And Jesus answered and said, Simon Barjona, blessed are you for flesh and blood has not redeemed this, revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. You are Peter. Upon this rock I'll build my church. The gates of hell will not prevail. Now it's revelation. Revelation which was going to be imparted. Not flesh and blood, Jesus standing there, but the beginning of revelation that was there in his corporal body, uh, uh, operating in a realm, was made real to him, but would also operate after his decease. We live by revelation. So he's saying, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, I, I don't really like to run over this. I want you to ask you this question. What are you coming to church for? What needs do you really have in your life today? Is it a wayward loved one? Is it finances? Is it healing? Is it, is it emotional well-being? Is it comfort? I don't think we should come here and walk out the same. 
I think we should come here and say, Lord, we are here to seize and to exercise these promises. And I'm going to start to take a step out. Sister Shelley, you took a step out, and God comes to back that up. I think we can take a step out when we come to church. And we can say, I am not here to go in the same circle anymore. I'm going to take a step, and I'm going to exercise my rights. Brother Ram says, has Satan robbed you? Sister Mariah Pruitt, a woman's glory is her long hair. And Satan came to rob that from her. But she did not take Satan's, Satan's attack towards her. She rather took and said, Lord, this is my inheritance. This is my glory. This is my right. Now, I, I, I really, I'm going to just have to let this out as it comes now. I, I really want it to build to, but I'm, if you actually look, whenever... It's the time of the initiating of the promise that Satan comes to cloud it. And it's the time of the inheriting of the promise that he comes to, to do everything he can to stop it. It was that way when, when Abraham wanted to bury Sarah in a certain piece of land that was dedicated to her. And Satan tried to offer, uh, you know, I'll give it to you for free. So he could have claims on it. And Abraham said, no, I will not do that. I will pay for it. And I'll say this, Christ paid for what we have. We don't have to bargain with the devil. And whatever you're facing today, don't put it far off. Start to bring it forward. Start to say, I'm here to exercise my rights. I am here according to the will and the purpose of God. I am not going to put this off in the distance any longer. And Sister Mariah, the glory of a woman is her hair. And he would come and try to rob her, her hair falling out. And, and God, through a series, you can read the, the testimony, I believe it's in the Living God on, on Brother Tim Pruitt's web, website. But you, you look at what a sister did to begin to lay claim to what God had purchased for her. Now the redemption was paid for. But there's a challenge that always comes. And you and I are facing challenges. But I believe we also have a right to step forward and say, no, I'm going to take this and I'm going to accept it. Now there's a, there's a very beautiful type in, in the Old Testament under the book of Ruth. A woman who lost everything comes back into her land at the harvest time. At the time when all of these things are. And she comes with the only thing she had left which was lost her husband, lost two sons, and was the widow of, of one of her husbands. Not knowing that that widow, that that woman would be the key part to the bringing everything back into its right place. And that woman happens to be a gleaner in the field of a kinsman. Not the nearer kinsman, but a kinsman. Now the nearer kinsman could have exercised his rights. And I'll say this, we have a nearer kinsman, that is the devil, because in, in two parts of our body, we're closer to him. But there is another kinsman that is also working on our behalf. 
And Ruth comes out now, and, and, and she recognized the Lord of the harvest, recognized her, and she says, who are you? And she says, I, I, I am, she says, I'm, I'm, I'm a gleaner. You know, she just has, uses a language. I'm not going to go back and read it. And, and she identifies herself, and he, and, he, and he searches out, and he watches. There's a character to this woman. And her character, because of that, handfuls of purpose came her way. Now, friends, if we, can't, if we can see redemption, I, I really, uh, there's so much I wanted to bring here. If we can see where we stand at this time, just like Jesus when he came on earth to the time of his death, because when he was on the cross, he cried it was finished. But in that time span, he began to exercise his rights. He began to step out. He began to show, I am the resurrection and the life. He began to heal and do many good works. He began to empower his disciples. He began to do these things. He began to do all of these things. And I say this, in this latter day, under Revelations 10, under the Lamb breaking the seals, the Lamb broke the seals. The breaking of the seals, it was the beginning of something that happened. It's not the ending. But we have to recognize we're in that cycle. Ruth recognized she was in that cycle. And Ruth didn't just sit back. She gleaned. She came back. Her mother-in-law marveled. Her mother-in-law counseled her. You know, go back into that field again. I'll say this. If you have found that this is the field of redemption, you need to stay in this field. You need to feed on this field. That's not just this church. That's the tapes. That's the books that we're under. It is a field of redemption. And as you feed on that redemption, as you begin to stay in that field, and as Ruth was in that field, finally her mother counseled her and said, go, now lay at his feet tonight by the harvest. Now, could you imagine how this act came across? You know, she made a decision. She found the field. She left with Naomi. She found the field. But now she's taking her greatest step forward. And her greatest step forward was, I'm accepting you. You've got everything I need. I'm not just going by the laws of the land, but everything I have need of is in you. Not knowing. Friends, if we could know, the bride is here to give him reason and purpose. You are the vessel I need on earth today. And, and, and Boaz recognized, oh, blessed. And she says, who are you? Now she didn't say, I'm a gleaner. I didn't say all of those things. I am what the Word says I am. I am what it is. I am here. I'm your handmaiden. I'm more than that. And, 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 and Boaz, oh, blessed are you, for you've not sought the young men. You've not done this. And he says, now listen, her act, just like Rizba did the other day, her act began to move Boaz into another cycle. It began to move Boaz. He says, now, he says, you have shown more kindness at, my, at your latter end. And he says, I will go and perform this part. And friends, at that moment, Ruth could begin to rest. Naomi says, Where, where'd you get these bushels? And where'd you get all of this from? He says, he gave it to me. He says, 
Sit still, my daughter. He will not rest. I'll tell you this right now. God is not going to rest. The God of this message is going to bring everyone back into their right place. We are not going to see a hoof left behind. And I say this, you need to water it by praise. You need to keep the right attitude. You need to do everything you can. Do not sit idle. Friends, I, I, I just, there's something in me right now that just is, the devil comes to challenge us at every, every opportunity he can. Why is he doing that? Because it's our inheritance. It's lying just ahead of us. Now, I, I, I really had so much I wanted to, to bring, but I'm going to just do it the way, way it is. Now, he is still alive. He's here. He's proving his word. There is a word that's allotted here this day that somebody has to come by, a word that can be quickened, and, and you can make that word live. So, if I take this... He says there's nothing out of cater. Okay, I, I really got to bypass these. I wanted to put this on a PowerPoint, but I didn't. I felt I'd box myself in. Now... Listen, listen to this now. Oh, my. Okay. Brother Ram's praying in the second seal. I think of the awful hour that's approaching. There's no way to stop it. We can't stop what's going on in the world today. And he says, and I thought, why don't the people come and listen why won't they come and accept it? And he says, I know that you, you said they wouldn't, so they won't. But now listen, listen to this comment. I want you to think, what, what motivated Luther in his day? It was his part of the word. Now, we're not motivated by that. But there's something that, that we've heard, we've heard, but then God makes it real. Now he says, now there is some that's got their names written on the Lamb's book of life. When them seals are thrown open, they see their name there and the Holy Spirit speaks them. I, I feel like too often we have made the seals about knowledge, about the deeper things of the Scripture, when rather it is the reality of Jesus Christ in simplicity to you, calling you at the hour of inheritance. And you are seeing your place. And you're seeing your Redeemer. And you're part of Him. And He's a part of you. And He's called you to this hour. Friends, if, if you get a notice in the mail, there is a, a reading going to happen of the last will and testament of so-and-so. And you get that notice in the mail, you are requested to come. What are you going to do? Ah, I don't know. You're going to go? No, I don't know. Maybe I'll go. The very fact that you've been called to it, it ought to start something going in your heart. Say, there's something for me under that. Listen, the call of this message is not a call to come to church. It is a call for the greater things of life. It is a call for your families. It is a call for everything that Adam's race lost. It is the call that's going out. I think this morning, and I put, we prayed in the office. I got some prayer cloths on me for a couple of very, very serious situations. 
And I said, we're going to pray in the office this morning. And we're going to hold those over my heart as we preach under the anointing. And Lord, we're going to place them, and we're going to start to accept them. We are not going to listen to what the devil says. He can come and he can throw everything. He can throw everything at us. You want to, well, I, I got to read this because to me, this was glorious. The great turmoil that is in the world today. One thing has caused it. Spirits have come down. Evil spirits. They get into people and they do these things. And we see the same evil spirits working in our day. Now notice. When all hell turns loose. All heaven turns loose also. When the enemy comes in like a flood. The Spirit of God raises a standard against it. These two forces always shows at this junction. The minute Boaz stepped out, and Boaz stepped out for Ruth, there was another Redeemer that was there. He says, will you exercise the rights? He said, yeah, I'll do it. He said, okay, you've also got to claim Ruth and raise up seed. Now, that man said, no, I can't do that. I would mar my inheritance. Whether that was his identification with a Moabias or whether he was uh, impotent and he couldn't raise up seed, he wasn't going to do it. And one thing we know is the devil cannot raise up seed. The seed is in Christ and Christ alone. And I say this, so he, when Boaz stepped out and he said, okay, now I'm going to take off my shoe. Now a woman was laying at his feet a few moments a, a, a night before. But now he's taking off his shoe, symbol, symbolizing what was in Genesis 3.16. He says, your, your foot will bruise his head. And he began to take that shoe off, and he began to cast it down. I'll say this, it's the beginning of the end for Satan's kingdom. I say this, we got to walk in it. This morning, don't put it far off. It is nigh thee. It is a part of us. Start to walk in it. Start to accept it. We are not here just to live out the cycle. No, we're here. We're anointed. When we see these things happen, why cry speak? We see these things happen in the world today. It anoints us. What happened this last week? The doomsday clock went from two minutes to 90 seconds. It's never been there before. The world is saying, it's, it's, it's the end, it's the end of ends. Absolutely, it's the end. And when you see homosexuality, when you see perversion on a rise, you realize, I am not a part of this civilization. Oh yeah, I can find an acreage, I can live there. You won't be long, friends. It's going to come knocking on our doors. I say this, we step down. Step in your homes. Bring the token into full view. Bring it in display. Do not let anything mar that. Don't let the fowls come on the sacrifice. Don't let those birds come down. Let God keep it clean. Because there's an appointed time that's coming. Let me read the rest of this quote. When all, when all hell turns loose, all heaven turns loose. This is the junction of all junctions. This is the end time. The end of the whole of history of the world is right now at hand. Oh my, that's so fearful, Brother Ed. It's fearful for the world. Let me read our part. 
So you can expect omnipotence to speak. You can expect the greatest and mightiest miracles that's ever happened on the earth will happen in the next few years to come if Jesus tarries. It will be. Oh, it's never happened. In the days of Jesus, he came and there was, a, uh, there, there, there was, there, there was those that, that had it. There was never one who was born blind that was healed. But it was the season of the exercising of redemption. And Jesus would even refer them back. He's saying, why are you doing this? You know, while, while, while they're complaining, the devils are crying, why are you come to torment us before our time has come? <laughs> Friends, I, I, I want to be, if, I, if I'm going to have a title, I'll do it like Brother Donnie says, give me a DD after my name. You know, you want to be a DD? Yeah, a yeah. devil disturber. Not just to glory in that, but to take what's mine and push him off. I just I, I, I say, friends, something, let something drop in your heart. This is not emotion. You just begin to say, Lord, I'm going to exercise this in prayer. I'm not going to just take this half-heartedly anymore. I know the thoughts I think of you. Thoughts to bring you to an expected end. That's the promise out of Jeremiah. But there's a caveat to that. You know what the next caveat? If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. You can expect things. Jesus came on, Jesus came and he he actually had to justify what he was doing. He said, There's a, he healed a leper. He says, what, what are you doing this? He says, do you know in the days of Elijah, there was only one leper healed, and he wasn't even an Israelite. Did you know? He was, he, he was out of Syria, Naaman. What's he doing? He's showing. He's exercising. He's beginning to show forth. Friends, we can't make it happen, but I think we need to exercise our faith. That same Jesus is on the earth today. The one that walked back then, he began to heal the sick. He began to raise the dead. But he also began to exercise the greater part of the word about himself and his disciples. And he's saying, rejoice not that, that you can cast out devils, but that your names are written in heaven. Rejoice because of that. So what do we do in this day? We're just going to say, oh, that, that was a good tape. Or when Brother Branham comes back or this. That is, we'd be so careful with that. We have to be an expectation for that to happen. Not put it off somewhere. Okay? Now, the wave sheaf. What was waved over us? Through, one, it was not a son of man. It was the son of man revealed in a son of man. And... There's another part to this in proving his word. This son of man is to be waved again. Where? In a people. In a body. Brother Branham, Jesus Christ living and expressing himself. Mark eleven twenty four. Whatever you say. Well, what, what, he says, well, what do you need? Squirrels. You say it. Now, two times... Three squirrels each time. First time. The second time, God making it more real. Now, making it so ridiculous. The squirrel will run on the branch. It'll come on this tree where it never goes. It'll be there, and I'll shoot it there. And it was so. Now, was that just something we can tell a nice story and polish it up? Or is that something that will be enacted in the body? 
Now, it might not be squirrels, but you might need to speak it. But I'll say, what are the events prior to that happening? We need to start to walk in that. This is, this, this is my admonition this morning, friends. We need to start exercising. The book has been opened. We've seen our names, as he would say. He's saying, we see our names in there. The Holy Spirit speaks to them. They come. They can't keep away. They're coming. You're leading them. Some instinct inside. You're not happy just to stay and do that. But you want the word to open, to unfold. Oh, so brother and sister sometimes share some of the quotes of the messages they're reading. And they shared a bunch of them yesterday. Oh, man, i got to listen to that message. And, and I thought, oh, wow, that sounds great. And you know what? I think those things are great. We've never heard it like this before. So what was it? Squirrels up in a storm and a mountain. Now Jesus, when Jesus was on earth, peace be still. Now again, peace be still. Storm, you go away, go from where you came from. That was not Brother Branham. That was Jesus Christ. That was him beginning to exercise his claims. What if you have a need? What will you do in that hour? What if you can't reach a doctor? What if you don't have your cell phone? Or what if you don't have a gun to shoot the bull? What are you going to use? That which is in you. God's bringing us higher, friends. Say, oh, Brother Ed, you don't know what's been going on in our home. It's true. You don't know what's been going on in my home. But I would say this. These things come upon us. Why? Because Satan knows there's a blessing for us just around the corner. And I say we need to stand up and say, not on my watch, not in my home, not on my family, but I'm beginning to take steps. Let's stand together. I'm going to have musicians come. There was so much more I could have brought this morning, but I trust you caught the burden a little bit this morning. Little fishy, I give you your life back. Before the, the doctor's hand ever touches her, that tumor will be gone. Friends, you start to pray, and you find you break into a channel, and it's not you praying anymore. It's the Holy Spirit praying. And sometimes it's a wisdom you don't know where it came from. What are you doing? You're opening the channel. You're not just keeping the vultures off, but you're keeping the channel open that God can work through it. We're here. We've arrived. This is the end of the end. And we've been born for this hour, and we've got to step up and meet the challenge of the hour. Not by our strength, but by His strength. Listen, I, 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 maybe that was just discombobulated. I, I really didn't follow my notes or anything. But friends, I just, we have needs in our midst. Brother Tim. Nunweiler drove all the way to Saskatchewan yesterday. His brother wasn't even given a hope to live through the night. And I said, Brother Tim, Brother Tim, if he's not ready, then I'm praying that God will not take him. If God has a purpose for him, then I'm praying let it not happen. Talk to Brother Kelly Hildebrandt. The church there is praying. Shared a quote of a Brother Jackson. Had liver cancer. Was given a few hours to live. 
And he said, 25 years later, he's sitting here right now. Shared that quote with a few brothers. A few brothers came early this morning and prayed here. I contacted Brother Tim. And Brother Tim, I said, how is Joel doing? He said, actually, he's changed a little bit. He's actually sitting up and eating. Yesterday, he had no more will to live. But he's sitting up. He's eating. He's slurring his word, but he's talking. We're not going to stop, friends. We're going to hold that before God. Satan, you cannot take him before the time is appointed. And if you've got a loved one that has a need this morning, I want you to hold him up before God. If you know somebody that's sick this morning, I want you to hold him up before God. And I say this as much as these prayer cloths mean something. I will also say, your hand being raised means something. Your decision this morning means something. Do you believe that? Whatever that is this morning, let's just hold that before God right now. Maybe I've just been a little lethargic and I need to just step into that channel. I need to get into that program. Maybe influences have been coming in my life. Friends, I, I, I'm just more worn than ever. We need to be in the right channel. The anointing can take you off this way and it's an anointing and it's so close to the real. But there is an anointing that is real and it always comes to the Word. And your inheritance is lying before you. We are, we are here. We're more than conquerors. Just play that softly. We're more than conquerors. Let's just sing a verse or two of that and then we'll pray. We also. Just as Israel was coming into the promised land, Moab was there. A false prophet was there. But Israel was commanded, turn not right to the right or to the left. As Joshua came over into the land, Joshua, who 40 years earlier had made footsteps, he knew what was there. And he was not going to be dissuaded. Brother Ray sang that song, I would not be denied. The Lord led him to sing that song this morning. We will not be denied. 
Friends, this morning, whatever the need is, whether it's in your body, in this building, or it's outside this building, or attributed to someone you know, I just want you to raise your hands this morning as we pray. Heavenly Father, as we lift our hands in this building this morning, Lord, I, I'm not the one who made these promises. I in my strength could never do it. But Lord, according to the law of the land, according to the kinsman redeemer that is making himself known, Lord, and we as Ruth have presented ourselves to you, O Lord. And Father, we are looking on you to perform all that we have need of. Father, the law of the land is to restore. As Abraham came into a land and a king would take Sarah, even though Abraham had failed, even though Abraham had lied, but the law of the land worked for him. And the command was given, restore the man, his wife. Lord, we ask by the anointing of the season, restore, I pray, health. Restore, Lord, where sickness, where Satan has robbed someone. Restore joy, Lord, where depression has come. Restore that today, I pray. Father, where there's been a lethargy slipped in, restore a joy. Restore a fervency, O oh God. Father, where there is just a discouragement or something so great, a mountain that we can't even imagine. Oh God, I pray you'd begin to move that mountain. I pray you'd begin to take those pebbles and they'd begin to fall. Lord, we speak to that mountain this morning. Like the policeman that would stop a car, he had no power, but he had authority. And Lord, you have brought us to this season with authority. You have imparted the spirit of binding, of loosing. And Father, we say to Satan, you're to be loosed according to the Word of God. And we bind you where you're trying to do something. Father, let this not just be in this moment, not just in this prayer, but let this be something we carry out from this building. Lord, as the prophet would say, you take that token. And when you speak to that son, when you speak to that daughter, believe it. When you speak to that wayward person, apply the token. And they will drop right into it, Lord. You said if any man sin, see if any man see a man sin unto sin unto death. First John chapter 5. You said, you shall ask, and it will be given to them. Lord, we can speak for one another. I've been witness in this last week. Lord, brethren gather together for Brother Joel. Sisters and brothers gather together for my wife. Lord, for other needs. Father, the body making intercession. The body, oh God, in an hour of supplication. Lord, that lamb has already begun to rise, to, to loose those seals. But Lord, when he actually comes off that throne, it will be he that's filthy and he that's, that's righteous will be righteous still. Lord, that hour, there may be still some names that have not been heard, that have not been received. I pray, oh God, give us the burden. 
Lord, I pray no matter what Satan is doing, no matter what his kingdom is rising up, I pray you'll rise up something greater in us. Lord, bless every home. I pray, oh Lord, you know the situation in every home. You know the need in every heart, in every life. God, and may there be something rise up, Lord. Father, my words can come so short, so inadequate. But, oh God, there's something. There's a bride that's rising up. There's a people that's coming. Father, I believe it's on the road now. That's what your prophet said. Just as the world cannot change, neither can stop what is already begun. Oh God, let there be something in us that comes to a determination, a fulfillment. Lord, we commit every home, every family into your hands. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's just sing, it's already done. It's already done. It's already done. Oh, it's already done. The battle is over. Victory is won. And it's already done. seeing it, friends. Brother Luke Semenuk, God's already begun to move. We've seen other things here. God's already begun to move. Don't let the devil lie to us. There's more coming. There's more coming. Hallelujah. I believe that with all my heart. Don't look at the circumstances. Just look to him. This season we're in, it's an hour of grace, but it's also an hour of supplication. We keep bringing it to him. Rezba just kept bringing it, bringing it, till David finally had to act on it. Ruth finally stepped forward, and Boaz couldn't hold it. Why he's seen it? That same Jesus is looking on us right now. I've let the devil throw everything at them. 
but they're still hanging on. They're still loving me. They're still believing me. That same faith of Abraham is alive today. Amen. Amen. Not by might, not by power. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Oh, this mountain. you to come here and I want you to close in prayer and you can pray in French. 
Is that okay? Would that be fine? Is he with his child? Is, he, is that okay? <laughs> Can you come, brother? Okay, let's sing verse 2. Battles to win, they would meet with their obstacles. Jericho's walls, too must fall to the ground. God never failed, he stood back of his promises. Walls had to crumble as they I didn't know everything he went through to get here. But along his journey, they had a difficult journey. But God brought them here into our midst. And I just want to say it's been a blessing to see this brother's spirit, to see his wife, Sister Ruth. Came to find out he was posting a picture of his wife having a birthday. And it was the same day as my wife was having a birthday. <laughs> And it was a blessing. And then the next day, his daughter had a birthday. And uh, I'm not going to ask you to remember that. Don't worry. Um, but this brother came, and God led him. And he's seen the hand of God in his life. Friends, look back and see where God's been in your life. He's brought us this far. He's got something for us. He's got something for Brother Zoe and Sister Ruth and their family. Not just because it's in us, because it's in him. It's not what's in us. It's, it's walking in God's word. When they walked around Jericho, what did the song say? The walls began to crumble. They began to get weakened before they ever shouted. Friends, the devils are trembling. The devil is howling. If we could recognize where we stand. Oh my. I'm going to let him pray in French. He might be more comfortable in that. But I, I just would like him to Ask God's blessing for all of us here, if you would, today. God bless you. I would like to tell something, but I think you understand. Amen. Let's just pray, friends. Merveilleux Père Céleste, le Seigneur Jésus-Christ, le même hier, aujourd'hui, éternellement. Seigneur, nous te sommes infiniment reconnaissants, Dieu. Tu es tellement merveilleux, tu es tellement grand, Seigneur. Nous manquons de mots, ô oh Dieu Tout-Puissant, dans ta présence. Ce matin, tu as parlé à nos cœurs, ô oh Dieu de gloire. Nous sommes ravis ce, cet après-midi, Seigneur de gloire, d'avoir toi dans nos cœurs, ô oh Dieu. Parce que ce matin, nous avons appris comment marcher avec toi, ô oh Dieu. 
Oh Dieu de gloire, quand nous voyons comment tu manifestes ton amour, oh Dieu, au milieu de nos cœurs, Seigneur. Nous sommes ravis parce que le monde arrive à sa destruction, Seigneur de gloire. Le monde arrive à sa fin, Seigneur. Tout est détruit, Seigneur. Le diable a ensemencé les mœurs, oh Dieu. Mais gloire soit rendue à ton nom, Seigneur. Gloire soit rendue à Jésus-Christ, Seigneur. Tu as un peuple, oh Dieu de gloire, qui garde tes commandements, Seigneur. Tu as un peuple, oh Dieu, qui donne ta parole, oh Seigneur. Alors ce matin, oh Dieu, laisse que chacun de nous, Seigneur de gloire, puisse entrer en ayant quelque chose enfoui dans son cœur, oh Dieu. Et que cette parole puisse continuer à bénir tout un chacun, Seigneur. Et que nos cœurs puissent être remplis de joie, comme il disait sur le chemin de Maïs. Nos cœurs ne brûlaient-ils pas quand il nous parlait Seigneur, tu nous as parlé, oh Dieu. Rentre avec tout un chacun, Seigneur de gloire. Que cette parole, oh Dieu, ne soit pas juste des mots, Seigneur. Mais que cela soit une religion du cœur, oh Dieu de gloire. Comme la Bible dit, garde ton cœur plus que toute autre chose. Car de lui viennent les sources de la vie, Seigneur. Oh Dieu de gloire, merci Seigneur pour la présence de tout un chacun Seigneur. Bénis les sœurs, oh Dieu, bénis les frères Seigneur, bénis les enfants Seigneur, bénis tout un chacun Seigneur de gloire. Et que nous puissions être dans ta main puissante, oh Dieu de gloire. Tu es tellement merveilleux Seigneur. Nous voulons passer notre temps à t'adorer, oh Dieu, à te prier Seigneur. Car en dehors de toi, il n'y a rien d'autre Seigneur de gloire. Merci oh Dieu, merci Seigneur. Merci Seigneur, merci Seigneur, merci Seigneur, merci au oh Dieu de gloire, merci Seigneur. Bénis tout un chacun au oh Dieu de gloire, tu es tellement merveilleux Seigneur de gloire, oh Dieu. Merci Seigneur, rentre avec tout un chacun au oh Dieu, bénis les cœurs au oh Dieu. Merci Seigneur, sois béni Seigneur. Sois adoré Seigneur, Jésus-Christ est ton nom. Nous te prions pour les réunions de ce soir Seigneur. Reviens avec nous ô oh Dieu et nous continuerons à t'adorer Seigneur. Entre ton nom, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you my brother. Merci. One day we'll all speak the same. But I think there's one thing we understood is the spirit of our brother. Amen. Amen. God has been good to us, hasn't he? Amen. We just want to thank him. Well, we believe we're, we're getting closer all the time. Uh, I don't know which way I'm going to go or sing. Uh, let's, just, uh, let's just sing God Still Moves. We'll just change the order and then we'll dismiss you. And then tonight, Brother Andrew is going to minister. And... Uh, at a young people service and the young people are also preparing a skit and brother Andrew and different ones working Lord willing we'll be doing that in March sometime but uh, we just look for God to keep moving don't you don't stop in this service Lord but move outside the realms move in this prayers that we hold before you amen let's sing this God still God still moves in the heart of his people. God still moves. 